You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What's up, everybody? Thanks for joining us today. My name is Kent Swanson. This is the AP Laboratory. It is a day one draft reaction show. Just talking a little bit about round one and looking ahead to day two as your Kansas City Chiefs have two picks in the second round, 58 and 63. It's going to be an exciting day and your football team is going to get better, we hope. And here to talk about that are my dear pals. First, find them on Twitter at Chief in Carolina. Maddie Lane, how about draft day number one? Guys, it's late, you know, as always with the drafts, moving out here to the East Coast, this stuff gets over real late. So I, you know, it was fun. It was fun while it lasted. Uh, the draft was going great. And then about uh, pick 26 kicked in and it just felt like, uh, you know, my I was repeatedly being stabbed over and over again by a dull spoon as a Chiefs fan, hoping some of these guys fell down a little bit farther. So that was good. But as always, draft day, good day. Right, Craig? Yeah, I'm exhausted. Um, <laughs> it's just a very long day with the Chiefs not picking, especially the way that they ended. Like we were doing a small little live stream on the Arrowhead Pride YouTube channel. And when it started, we were pretty giddy about the way things were looking because there was a lot of good wide receivers and edges on the board. And then a bunch of edges flew off the board right at the end of round one and kind of took some of the cushion away from that. We'll get into that. Kent will get into that. So uh, let's talk a little round two for you guys to enjoy this Friday morning. Yeah, let's do that. And maybe we should just kind of start and just look at, before we get into round two, maybe just talk about, you know, some of the things that did happen today on day one. And I think you guys kind of both alluded to it. Significant run at the end of the first round on the edge position. And no, Matt, Matt is very upset. Joe Tryon off the board. Peyton Turner. My guy, one of the my one of my guys off the board. Um, but I think it's more about when the run starts. It's more about the volume of players off the board and the fear it could create. Uh, maybe not pushing as much edge value down the board to the Chiefs or putting them within striking distance of some of these guys. Is that the sentiment, Maddie? I mean, my issue, I guess, was that you got to, again, like late in the first round and the only edges off the board were the two that you seemed, felt comfortable saying were going to be off the board. Quiddy Pay, Jalen Phillips, you looking at the guys that are rest, like, yeah, you're obviously going to have more edges come off the board before pick 58, but you start to look down the list and there's guys of all different types. The Jason Owas, the Joe Tryons with the freaky athleticism that need a little bit of work. The Gregory Rousseau's, Peyton Turner's, bigger, longer, thicker guys that maybe play a little D-tackle. You just feel really good when there's different, a lot, multiple different types of defensive ends available. All of a sudden, you start getting guys from both groups flying off the board late at round one. Now you're sitting there looking. You're not getting this high-ceiling edge rusher most likely at 58. They're all gone now. When this board resets, all those teams that didn't draft an edge between picks one and wherever uh, Jalen Phillips ended up coming off the board, 
they are now considering taking an edge rusher again. Yeah, that's that's the really bad part. And we knew that was going to be the case. It was just one of those when you were sitting there at about pick 27-ish, you were thinking, well, if two or three of these teams take an edge off the board, there's a good chance that some of these guys are going to fall to where the Chiefs can trade up and get a guy. Now, all of a sudden, the cover's a little bare. You know, you're starting to see that maybe the depth at the edge position is getting depleted a little bit, and you're going to see some of those guys come off the board a little early. So pass rusher may not be in the plans for the Chiefs. We'll have to wait and see for tomorrow. But because there was a big run on edge there, there are a couple other positions that um, are going to fall a little bit. They have some depth now in the second round. Well, and it's I think the one you got to look at significantly is offensive line. Here's the group of offensive line available as we head into day two. Tevin Jenkins, Jalen Mayfield, Landon Dickerson, Liam Eikenberg, Sam Cosme, Dylan Radins, Walker Little, Jackson Carmen, Stone Forsyth, Josh Myers, Quinn Miners, uh, Creed Humphrey. It's a big list of offensive linemen. I got 16, I think I counted there. Um, if I'm, if I'm correct, it may, it may not be 16, but sorry. Um, that's a lot. And so I think you kind of have to have the conversation as a chiefs fan. Do you want good value at the offensive line to fall? And one of these early two picks 58 or 63 being devoted to maybe securing a center for the future, or are you just praying for a large run on offensive linemen on day two of this draft in the second round that hopefully some of these other positions fall to you, Maddie. I mean, for me personally, I don't want to keep investing in the interior offensive line group. I really don't. I think you've done enough of that with your singular contract sent to Joe Tooney. So I would much prefer these guys to start flying off the board. I get it. You can't pass up good value at interior offensive line is still a position of need, especially at center, the future at right guard. So I won't be upset if you get a Dylan Redunes that falls to 58 and you take him trying to play him at center. If you draft a Quinn Miners or a David Moore, because I think they're all good players in that spot. It's just, if it was up to me, I would much rather want some a wide receiver, an edge, a tight end, or a corner to fall, positions that are more important than interior offensive line that have equal value, at least with just the lower quantity at the top of the board right now. And there's actually a, a lot of centers in this draft. I mean, more so than I feel like we typically have that we think are quality players. I mean, yes, we mentioned Miners, we mentioned Landon Dickerson, Creed Humphrey, Kendrick Green, uh, Josh Myers, David Moore. I mean, there's lots of guys that are really capable of playing on the interior there, Jalen Moore as well. I mean, so there's gonna be a lot of players not everybody's going to be looking for interior offensive linemen. So I do think there's a chance that the Chiefs could buy low at that position. So I'm with Maddie here. If they start to fly off a little bit and there's going to be a little bit of a gap in that, I think that's actually a little bit more beneficial to the Chiefs because it does bring down some of those premium positions. Right. And and I think that's I think that's kind of where I'm at, even though like I, there's probably a couple players, you know, if Landon Dickerson fell, I think I'd be it wouldn't be a hard sell for me to just take that swing at 58. Mm -hmm. um, and I'd be really geeked out about it. Um, if you're looking at the edge position right now, uh, I'm looking at Aziz Ojolari, Joseph Osai, uh, Boogie Basham. Those are the headliners. Dalen Hayes, Jordan Smith, maybe some guys, depending on 
the opinions, Dalen Hayes, you know, maybe, you know, some people may not be as high on him as we are, as we are Jordan Smith, there's some medicals, but um, I think you're really hoping to catch a Joseph Osai or a Boogie Basham. And it's really, I mean, I think Boogie's honestly, it's crazy because we've talked about this. Boogie Basham's the guy I think you're looking at here. I think that's the, I think if you're targeting an edge today, it's Boogie Basham out of Wake Forest, Craig. And he might be the best fit of all those guys that you mentioned. I, I mean, it, there there are questions about different elements of everybody's game, but that inside-out versatility that Spagnola loves, Boogie's got it in spades. We saw him really go to the Senior Bowl, light it up on the inside. I think he's capable of doing that. I would not be surprised. And honestly, if you take him at 58 and you're able to flip around and catch a wide receiver in an interior offensive lineman that's of a really high value, I... I'm going to be very satisfied with that draft. I mean, honestly, if you look at it as Orlando Brown, Boogie Basham, and a wide receiver that can come in and play, that's helping fix a lot of needs for this team. I'm really not going to be too upset. I, I'm going to give that a pretty good draft day after two rounds. Oddly enough, Boogie Basham is in the same kind of fit uh, category is Joseph Osai because he's just a couple pounds over the weight that Steve Spagnuolo usually prefers, but he actually has shorter than 33 inch arms. And I think that oh, probably yeah. is going to catch a lot of people as surprised because 32 and a half inch arms. And I think you probably can see that not a lot on film, but a little bit because I don't think he plays with extension a ton. I think he's powerful. I just don't think he plays with guys at extension a ton because he does have shorter arms. Joseph Osai, I know a lot of people think is an off ball kind of guy, which he played that some at Texas, but I mean, we're talking four pounds short of being a perfect fit, essentially, for Steve Spagnuol at a defensive end position. 256 pounds. He's got the arm length. He's tall enough. So, you know, those are your two guys that kind of fit. Dalen Hayes also kinds of fits. But the issue is you're starting to run into guys that aren't don't fit the typical model of a Steve Spagnuolo defensive end without reaching and taking essentially a role player at the position in the similar mold of a Mike Dana. So we just, we might have to let the edge wish go unless you see one of these guys that we've mentioned already start to free fall and you might have to focus elsewhere. Well, and I, I think, you know, uh, we talked about this a little bit on the live stream and this is something that the chiefs have done in the past. And this is what they did the last time to trade up for an edge when they moved up all the way from Breland speaks is they can go and, and try to find a team that maybe wants 58 and 63 for their second and their third round pick. So you might be able to swap out, um, you know, pick 40, uh, eight, 50 and get picks, you know, pick 80 with it, you know, 50 and 80 for, for 58 and 63 or something in that capacity. So you're moving up a little bit, moving back a little bit. And that gives you a chance to go up and secure, you know, Boogie Basham. I mean, I, I think, you know, or even Joseph Osai would be a fascinating addition there. Um, I think his best football is ahead of him. I think he's a 20 year old kid too. Um, so if you're really dead set on the edge position, you might have to get creative trying to find a way to get up for your guy. Um, if you're, if you're hell bent on that. I do know that Brett Veach said he's doing a presser right now as we're recording this. Brett Veach talked about how he's really looking forward to making two picks, that he likes having those two picks. He feels like they're in the sweet spot of the draft after they got Orlando Brown there. So I do think that as much as we've talked about them 
trading up and trying to find something if they are able to trade up i do think like kent saying there that kind of split to be able to get the value and still keep a second pick just move that second one back a little bit that makes a lot of sense for the chiefs yeah and there's i mean there's there's teams like you know they could do something similar with like a miami and they could go and get pick 50 and 81 for relatively similar value Actually, Miami might even maybe Miami throws you uh, another day two or day three pick. Sorry, you know you could do something where you're getting pick fifty and fifty and eighty one to secure a guy like Boogie Bashman. As short as the board is at the edge spot, I think that's what you've got to really look at. I do believe Brett Veach wants to make two picks. That's why he did that pit pick split initially. Um, and I, they need they need two picks. They need two up. They need two top one hundred <laughs> picks. Yeah, they need the depth. They They cannot afford, yeah, they can't afford to move up to 34, 35, wherever that little range is that, you know, those two picks will, will get you. They can't afford it. They need two picks because they can't go from pick 34 to pick 144 without a selection. Unless, I mean, like you start trading players off your board, maybe, or off your, off your roster that you're, you know, maybe trying to make a move. Uh, But that's that's gonna be fascinating how they approach the edge position. I think that'll be a big tell for how this whole thing goes tomorrow. Um, watching the board and navigating, seeing how the edge board is navigated by teams and how the you know where the run starts, if the run starts, you know that's gonna be a big indicator here. And I think honestly, like I said, I think you're rooting for interior offensive line. Couple other positions, real quick. Let's talk about because I think there's still pretty good value on the board. Trevin Morg. I think we expect to go off the board early. Richie Grant still out there. Asante Samuel, Afitu Melifonwu, the cornerbacks, Elijah Moore, uh, Elijah, Mo- Elijah Molden, sorry, Aaron Robinson. So the secondary. Um, Josh, uh, then you've got you got the wide receiver spot, Diami Brown, Amonte, Amon Ross St. Brown, Rondale Moore, Terrace Marshall, Tylen Wallace, Elijah Moore. Those are two pish- positions in the, you know, the the defensive backfield and the receiving court. Good value. You know, I think mm-hmm. you're hoping maybe you can catch one of those guys too, Maddie. I think when you're looking at it right now, the wide receiver group and outside of offensive line, your wide receiver group is probably looking the strongest. The issue is this year is a lot of slot receiving guys, which is the opposite of what the Chiefs need. But if you just start to look around, the weapons available coming up right now might be equally as strong as the offensive line. So that, I mean, that includes tight ends with your Pat Fryermoos, your Tommy Trimbles, Brevin Jordans, you know, only one tight end as expected went in round one. But there's some other tight ends coming off the board that should come off on day two. A handful of wide receivers that we already ran through. You can even throw in a couple running backs like a Kenny Gainwell or a Michael Carter in there. Like these are playmakers that teams are going to want. So you're kind of, I think if you are the chiefs, you were hoping that the right combination of these playmakers of these skill positions fall. You're hoping teams take the slot guys. You're hoping teams take these pass catching running backs and let the bigger wide receivers fall a little bit. So you have a chance to get them. And honestly, another position that we haven't talked about that could absorb some picks, even a position that the Chiefs could even draft a guy, is linebacker. Uh, Jeremiah Owoso-Koromoa, who we had as a safety, did not get drafted in round one. We had him outside of the first round in the KC draft guide. It was just, we were not really sure what his fit would be. It was going to take a gamble from a team, and nobody took that in round one. Um, there were a couple of linebackers that did go off the board, Zayvon Collins, Micah Parsons, Jameen Davis, but 
there's still a large group of round two linebackers, Jabril Cox, Pete Werner, Nick Bolton, these guys that could come off the board and really kind of insulate for the Chiefs a little bit, help some of these wide receivers, help some of these offensive linemen fall. Because I do think that the Chiefs could be interested in a linebacker, but they can take some of the hits because that group did not really get attacked in round one. If you start seeing them fly off the board early in round two, not necessarily a thing that we're expecting, but if you do see them start flying off the board in round two, that's a good thing for the Chiefs because it is a very deep group. Yeah, you kind of got to sacrifice positions of need too on certain runs too. Like, you know, you, if, if you're really hoping for edge, you got to hope linebackers and offensive line and what, you know, you got to hope some of these positions fly off the board. I mean, um, you're, you're only going to get to make one pick at 58, you know? So you got to kind of hope and pray for that perfect scenario for fit pick 58. Um, I want to go around the board real quick before we get out of here. I want you to make the picks at 58 and 63. I know this is a big one. I'm sorry. And it, you can, you can predict the trade up if you want, but I want you to make the picks at 58 and 63 or whatever you want to do. What you got, Maddie? The Chiefs are going to draft Diami Brown at 58. They are going to trade back out of 63 into the middle late part of the third round to pick up another, you know, early day three pick. And then in the middle of round three, they are going to take an interior offensive lineman. Let's call that um Kendrick Green center out of Illinois I would be very very happy with those picks I'm going to say that the Chiefs are going to take Terrace Marshall at 58 I think he falls there and they are going to project that as a guy that got a lot of round one buzz so they're really going to push the fact that they're catching a steal there and then I think that they are going to try and maybe take a risk if Boogie Basham is there, try and get him on the squad, a guy that can fit a little bit of what Spagnolo does with the inside-outside and address wide receiver and defensive end. Uh, I think they're trading up and doing a pick split for Boogie Basham. I'm giving them pick 50 and pick 81, and they're grabbing Boogie Basham to secure um, a guy that has enough of the Steve Spagnuolo prototype, a guy that has that inside outside ability. So they're trading up because they're, they're stressed about the edge spot and stressed about the value at the edge spot. Then at 81, they're turning around and grabbing Tylen Wallace out of Oklahoma state. Oh man, a man after my own heart with that one. Ooh, I love buddy. You, I'd I love that. Ooh. Yeah, no, I'm taking care of you. That is going to do it for the day one recap of the NFL draft. Thank you all so much for listening. We'll be back to recap some actual Chiefs picks tomorrow on day two of the NFL draft. Catch you later.